Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Turbocharge your customer experience results with nice CX-1. Now you can rapidly scale extraordinary CX with the power of the cloud. Nice CX-1 is the most complete customer experience cloud platform and is trusted by thousands of organizations around the globe. With CX-1, you can deliver frictionless self-service as well as top-notch digital and agent-assisted interactions. Get cloud-powered CX at scale. Learn more at nice.com. That's nice.com. Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 266, episode three of Dirt Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness, and it is Wednesday, December 7th, 2022. Look, that day lives in infamy. Y'all already know. (laughs) National Illinois Day, also a National Cotton Candy Day. Okay. Illinois Cotton Candy. Yeah. And Pearl Harbor, if you don't know the quote I was... Mm-hmm. going off of yeah anyway yeah so those are the three power trio today on december 7th kind of ballsy of cotton candy to be like nah, i think we got this one <laughs> I, think, I think once we step in pearl harbor those pearl harbor folks are gonna uh take us take a back seat yeah i wonder if it was even like invented on the seven no i think they just pulled up and were like yeah that's probably open <laughs> looks open i'm Go not ahead. seeing any other days uh anyways my name is jack o'brien a.k. Take me down to the Roku city where the blimps are free and the guests are litty. Oh, take me, Zine. Oh, that's Kevin Maloney and Axel Rose. And I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. Miles Gray, a.k.a. We are young. We smoke green. Think grandma might be mean. Talk the Zite. See the gang feel all right. And that goes really long. Shout out to Lockeroni. That's the super grass track all right. Where there are references to Lambo, Jack's thighs, okay. Mountain Dew, wow. uh, and the rest. And, and, and blunts and more limp fries in honor of my loves. So, yeah. Shout out to you, Lockeroni. Wait, are my thighs and Mountain Dew inv- included in your loves? Uh, I think the show's loves. Like the lore okay. of the show. Okay. Yeah. I was just checking. 
Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to get there. I'm trying to get to a place where my thighs are worthy of your love. <laughs> well, you know, one day at a time. Miles, we're thrilled to be joined in our third mm-hmm. seat by an award-winning reporter whose 15-part history of deputy gangs inside the L.A. County Sheriff's Department, a tradition of violence, is mandatory reading and is now mandatory listening as yes. a podcast on this network. Please welcome back to the show the brilliant, the talented, Cerise Castle! Cerise! Thanks so much for having me. Hey. Welcome thank, back. Welcome thanks back. Thanks for coming back. Yeah. How's, how's life? How's life uh, post podcast launch and election? Yeah, um, yeah life is good. Yeah, yeah. post Villanueva, we have a whole new sheriff. His name is Robert Luna. He was sworn in on Saturday mm-hmm. and he sat down as sheriff for the first time on Monday at noon. And yeah, we got a yeah. new sheriff, Mission right. Cop. I guess I can hang up my hat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he said he seemed like he was like, and uh, you know, I, I hope you will hold me to account when he was when you interviewed him. He was like, uh, I just plan on doing a good job, and I, I hope you hold me to account. And uh, he seems he seems like he knows the eyes the eyes are on him. So that's oh, good. The gaze is upon the department for sure. I gotta say, Villanueva, like the his the footage of him watching h- himself lose was pretty satisfying i feel like yeah. we don't often get that front row seat but like somebody was kind enough to be taking video of him as yes. he was like watching the results and doing kate like Kegel. cartoon like uh, what yeah shout out to kate Cagle, spectrum news she got that incredible footage of him just refreshing the page refreshing <laughs> the page and looking cartoon yeah. like disbelief yeah i want does kate does kate go into that like you know quote-unquote election night or well could have been a victory party, party. <laughs> a victory like, party being like the shot i'm getting is this dude looking at his phone and realizing it's a l yeah because that's that's how like perfect the shot is because i think it was quite literally like a tonic <laughs> many of us needed in la who are like Get this fucking guy out of here and then he's just like squinting like huh <laughs> <laughs> uh-uh. taking glasses off me. other people's faces to like look through yeah. them to see if yeah <laughs> he was fun to watch in in loss in defeat yeah absolutely all right well congratulations to you on that defeat and to all of us we are going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment first we're going to tell our listeners a couple of the things we're talking about today we're going to check in with the Georgia runoff. We don't know the results as of this recording, but we're just going to check in with how we got into it, how we got here. <laughs> the The Republican grift is real. It's I, so, some of these fundraising statistics of like where the money was going two miles were, were pretty <laughs> wild that, that yeah. you dug up. So yeah, I want to talk about that. We want to talk about the state of policing and human caging in this country. Just, you know, the reporting you continue to do on your podcast, Cerise, and and then just kind of relating it to stories we're seeing nationwide. Houston's Harris County Jail, the NYPD being allowed to arrest and use force on someone, giving themselves the ability, like, precog abilities to be like they might become violent later so we were allowed to use force and just generally like where all of this fits within the zeitgeist because i don't know we we'll, we'll we'll probably be digging into it more we we discovered john bernthal's podcast real ones are you are you familiar with this no i'm not Oh, yeah, actor it, John Bernthal has this like propaganda podcast, like to make oh, him feel wonderful. like he's a he's a 
a real one. Should he come on my podcast? Yeah, he would have been an amazing guest. He'd fucking faint because his podcast is like an all-you-can-lick boot buffet. (laughs) And you're like, what is this dude saying? You, like, realize how much he, like, wants to be a cop. And it's just so weird, like, where his empathy goes in these interviews. But, Mm. yeah. But just generally, like, where where your reporting fits within the like sort of shared consciousness and like movies, I think inform a lot of what people think police are like and what they do. And even, even like the anti-hero movies like Den of Thieves are just like so incredibly positive. Den of Thieves is about deputy gangs. Did you know that? Yeah. (laughs) They like fully, they like fully are like, oh yes, the regulators, which is I think episode six. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they also like are doing it to get like the biggest bad guy. Like they're like, we gotta, right. we gotta someone better than us to get the baddest bad guy. He's so bad. They like basically re recreate Kaiser Soze for this movie, and it and it feels like it's like the least flattering mainstream depiction of police, like in a movie, really. And yes. still you're like, oh, that guy was pretty cool. Yeah, and still they're like, oh, Big Nick. That's like yeah. the main character. And they're <laughs> like, yeah. he fucking rules. So I just want to talk about that. We're going to talk about that uh, AI selfie art app, which is the number one app in the iOS app store for photo and video. And it has some troubling implications about like privacy, but also about art and like how it's using other people's art to create art or create create these images that people are paying for but you know inspired creations the artists aren't getting any money but before we get to any of that shit cerise we like to ask our guest what is something from your search history the crown memes (laughs) (laughs) for what is it season five First season five, yes. <laughs> What's what is there any? I haven't seen it because everyone was like, "This one's." They, people have said it's the weakest one. Do you agree? I don't. I haven't seen it yet. I'm not on season six yet. I'm still on season five. Oh, oh, f- wait. Okay, is that yeah. the one? Okay, I saw that one. That's the one where Charles and Diana just met, right? This is the one where they have their separate or they separate in the course of the season. Got it. Got it. Got it. They have the babies. They, they go have the on babies. like trips. Diana becomes a star. Oh yeah, go to South Africa. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. I remember that. Yeah. What kind of yeah. memes? What kind of memes are you looking at? I was just like looking for like any kind of meme. Like I've been watching way too much of The Crown lately, <laughs> and been going around my house calling my girlfriend her Your Royal Highness, and yeah. <laughs> just curtsying a lot. Even <laughs> 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 oh, crown brained. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I love when people get crown pilled like that. Yeah. <laughs> There's no turning the, back. It's funny because it's such a like long detailed you're just staring at these people who don't have shit to do for the whole but like like they do but you realize that it, it's a lot of it's mostly meaningless stuff. It's like ceremonially they will issue a statement, but yeah, I don't know. I've I don't know if I'm going to come back to season six because the the thing I've heard about season six is that it's like even slower. They're like, oh, you thought the previous ones shit didn't happen. We'll get ready to watch shit really not happen in season six. So I don't know. I thought this was going to be the one where like it all falls apart and Diana passes from this planet. And that that was the point where 
the crown was like at its least popular, apparently. And mm. that's like a real crisis. And I guess that's where that's when the monarchy was at the least popular. Right. <laughs> I, I can't believe it's bounced back, though. Like people are like, yeah, now now it's cool again. So right. now anyways, what is something you think is overrated? The monarch? No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not on my watch. <laughs> not on this podcast. The holidays. Mm. Yeah. Go on. What? What? What about it for you? What do you not? What's not? I'm just not with? a holiday girl. Wow. I'm yeah. Not. I. So I'm you're not really festive not. at all. You don't. You never have like a festive attitude. No. Not okay. really. I'll like pretend for my friends and loved ones. Oh no! So they'll but never fucking not. know that. These eyes I, that they're staring at, that you are not having fun. <laughs> I guess they'll know now. <laughs> <laughs> Is there one holiday that ever, that speaks to you in any way? Like Halloween. Like Halloween? Okay, course. I was going to say. Halloween. But I feel like that's the one consistent one for people who are like, I don't really fuck with the holidays. And I'm like, Halloween? And they're like, well, yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. Right. But I didn't do Halloween this year. I didn't dress up. I got on a plane and I went to a journalism conference. Okay. Did the adult thing. Very adult. Yeah. 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 I, I love, uh, I just, I think what it is for me, I, I lean in like the one time I like to get into the spirit, which really just means like, I will just lay around, I think is Christmas because it's like leftover momentum from my childhood where that break, like from between when you got out of the school in December to the new year was like the only time, like, I felt like my parents would just let me like watch TV all day. And right. something about Do that, nothing. like, I still hold highly in my mind. I'm like, and that is a holiday. Uh, right. Because I hate it when my parents are like, you are watching too much Martin again. And I'm like, <laughs> Art, please. Yeah. I was going to say you should have worn worn a Halloween costume during, on your flight. But I feel like that could go bad. You know, in a number I of thought directions. about it. Yeah. Oh! I really did. I really <laughs> thought about it. And there were a lot of costumes at the airport. Let me tell you, the Burbank airport workers, they come to work yeah, in costume they, and they are yeah. festive as fuck. And the I one true it. airport. Thank you. Yeah. I love that about that. But then so Christmas, are you like one of these people like you start hearing Christmas? You're like, Oh, my God. Turn it the fuck off. I'm not You're a like, Scrooge. I'm not a okay. Scrooge. I'm just not like a Chris. I'm just not like an enthusiastic participant yeah. in the holidays. Like I will not put on Christmas music of my own free will. But if you turn it on. Hey, I might even sing along with you. Okay, okay, mm -hmm. okay. I like that. Yeah, I do. I'm, I'm not huge, huge Christmas person, but when, when I the first time I hear Mariah like come on, I'm always that that just feels like a I remember where I am. I'm like, Bro. okay, here we are. Change my name to Karen Anderson when December <laughs> hits, man, because I'm fucking with it though. The candles come out. It's so weird. Again, I don't know why it does this. I think it's all because I was able to watch so much TV as a kid at that period. <laughs> I'm like, and I'm investing back in the community. Uh, I was feeling bad about how much TV I let my kids watch this weekend. And now you're making me feel better. They'll, they'll remember that as their finest uh, weekend. They will. I don't know. I mean, I'm again, I'm like so media brained from the 90s. Like. I truly, I felt like I saw most things that came on the television or films between like 92 and 98. So I hold those memories dear. Yeah, yeah. What's something you think is underrated, Cerise? Something that I think is underrated if voter participation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of the runoff. Yeah, I mean, 
more people should vote. I can't say that enough. Get out there. Exercise your right. It's a privilege. Mm -hmm. How did you feel about all the local elections in L.A.? I mean, I was I was it was hmm, nice to see. I mean, I. Yeah, I was happy with the fact that we saw a lot of candidates that seem to be a direct response to a lot of the corruption that we've seen at City Mm -hmm. Hall being voted in. Uh, We saw Kenneth Mejia elected a city controller and his campaign was essentially, hey, let's audit the police and got a resounding yes, let's do that, which was great to see. I love to see people, you know, voting in accountability candidates. And I'm excited to see what the city is going to look like under this new, younger, progressive guard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Kenneth Mejia just took the charts straight to the people, like just <laughs> yeah. put the put the information directly in their veins. And I am still and this is something I'd be interested in hearing you talk about, because it's we since the election, we've talked a lot on here about the mainstream media and like the New York Times's refusal to really like pick up that story that like people when you give them an opportunity, when you give them the information are fans of progressive policy, but the the way the mainstream media has covered it, it's been more, you know, anything but that. And you I know you've, you know, talked before about the fact that this incredible story that you've been reporting on for years now has been what for a long time was just left left alone by these these mainstream media outlets. Like what what has your th- thought been on just sort of the overall mainstream media allergy to covering progressive victories and progressive policy. Yeah, I think that when you're talking about California, specifically Los Angeles, the legacy media, which is like solely concentrated in New York City, doesn't really see Los Angeles, California as something worth investing time and resources in. So when they do do coverage, it's in the style of sending an East Coast reporter to parachute down into the West Coast and do these really bizarre dispatches that you get. There there are so many of them. And like these are the articles that, you know, go viral on Twitter because they are just so far departed from what the reality actually is on the West Coast. And it's an issue. I think that, you know, these media companies would do well to spend significant time here in California and build up their newsrooms here in Los Angeles, in San Francisco, across the state, really, because this is one of the most densely populated states in the United States. Policies in California are the policies that go on to shape national policy. Right. And yeah, I, I genuinely think it's something that more people need to be paying attention to and taking seriously. Yeah. I mean, why send a reporter to the West Coast when they can call up, you know, a, a public relations person at a police department and be like, so what's the situation? <laughs> okay, thank you. Don't ground. need it. I don't even need to ask anybody else. It just feels like the tone of so many like New York Times articles, especially about California, that are just like, according to these three cops, this is what the deal is. No, didn't speak to one person in the community or someone who even had a counterpoint to any of that. And that's reality. Right. 
what's your best guess for like how the how this bias like works itself into a newsroom like this like sort of finance brained bias where it's just like well if it doesn't have billions of dollars behind it it does it's not like an actual adult like opinion it feels like something that we see repeatedly but do you think it's like is it like top-down ownership level is it that like these reporters are all all have these like ivy league backgrounds and all their friends like work at venture capital firms and shit and they're just like kind of um you know capitalism brained and like can't can't like think their way outside of that or what what what's your thought on like how that bias is so resilient? Well, newsrooms are really homogenous places. Newsrooms yeah. are mostly mostly the people that work there are white men. Most of them are of a certain age. Most of them, you know, are of a certain financial background with, you know, lots of resources. They've gone to a lot of the same schools and they know a lot of the same people. Yeah. And they don't really go outside of that circle really ever and when something from outside that sphere emerges and challenges that point of view it's immediately dismissed as a falsehood or some one-off lunatic ranting about nonsense and that's that's a huge problem in the journalism industry, it's not a secret that it's mm-hmm. not a very diverse place to work. And it's not a secret that it's a really hard field to be in for people that are not white guys. Yeah. And I think that bias is, you know, a product of having such a homogenous industry. And I think that, you know, there are some places that are charging head on into that and challenging it. And, reworking their structures but unfortunately a lot of places aren't and they're really digging in their heels to sort of prevent any of those changes from happening and you see that in actions like union busting refusing to recognize unions that sort of thing right totally i just think of like i mean even from your perspective right like for the piece that you originally wrote with knock like that wouldn't have been in a newspaper of like on a wide scale, or at least if it was, it'd probably be really sanitized to the point that you probably wouldn't have been satisfied with putting your name on it. And to see like a story like that, just because of the pure, like like the truth contained within it and how much like people connect to that, to see that it like transcends even those normal obstacles stories like this have, I think is a real testament to the, like the work you've done. Uh, And then to see it also continue like as a podcast to me is like, that's it's very heartening to see those kinds of things, because before a lot of people might dismiss these kinds of topics as being something of interest to only like activists and not the general public. And then just with that reporting, I honestly feel like after the when, when the piece came out, it became like sort of shorthand in L.A. to just say Google LASD gangs. Yeah. You know, and like I feel like part of like all of that really helped raise awareness to a level that probably wouldn't have been possible like with these sort of like legacy media companies and how do you look at all that like because the work you do is so important and you can only trust you know like the the the, like these newsrooms or editors so much because you know how important these stories are how are you navigating that while also thinking like maybe there's a possibility for like the la times to be you know like to be at the level that 
people feel that it should be. But how, how do you look at it all? Mm. Well, I mean, the story, I did pitch my series to all of the legacy outlets in Los Angeles, and it was rejected by every single one for mm. a lot of the reasons that I was talking about in my previous answer. I had several editors say to my face, you know, this is a story that's happening in an area where we don't have subscribers. So it's not worth us investing the time and resources into the project, which is really unfortunate because I don't think who is buying your paper should determine what kind of story you do. Right. It's the job of a reporter to be the voice of accountability. And that's not something that is limited to who is, you know, purchasing the product that that would be corruption, which is ostensibly what journalism is supposed to fight against. Right. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you know, it's it's nice that people are interested in the story now. It's nice that legacy outlets are talking about these issues. But again, I see the terms that are being used are, you know, they, they don't call it a deputy gang. They say it's a subgroup. They say it's a clique. Which is really sad. I think that's right. really unfortunate. The Los Angeles Times in the 1990s was perfectly happy to use the word deputy gang, but something happened and right. now they refuse to print the phrase. And it's really important to call these things what they are and talk about these these issues in true uncertain terms because you can't begin to reckon with the issues if you can't call them what they are. Right. Yeah. All right, let's uh let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk about the Georgia runoff and we'll talk more about policing in the US. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
This episode is brought to you by Alienware. During Dell Tech Fest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop, powered by an Intel Core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select gaming monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at alienware.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at alienware.com deals. That's alienware.com deals. And we're back, and the Georgia runoff uh, is in full swing as of this recording, and it's, I mean, it's look at, so the big headline that we're seeing everywhere is that, like, the record-breaking vote turnout, right, early vote turnout, and, you know, just from people who are standing in the lines, like, it's, it seems like a remarkably, and by design, inefficient voting system oh yeah just a lot of people voting but it seems like they're voting in response to the voter suppression that <laughs> that people were trying to enact yeah so like after trump was screaming about how the 2020 election was rigged a lot of state legislatures like just cooked up some wacky voter suppression bills to be like, and that's how we're going to protect, like using the voter integrity wave to just bring in all this new voter suppression. Well, that bill in Georgia shortened the period between the general election and a runoff. So while also restricting the ability to register new voters in that period, and a lot of it seems to be like helping Democrats inadvertently, I think because the shortened time has led to a lot of people just turning out in droves because of like just generally the condensed time frame. In previous elections, Democrats, they struggled in runoffs to motivate voters to return to the polls. But again, this shortened period seems to have enabled like Warnock's campaign to sort of continue the momentum from November while the Republicans were just trying to sue their way out of this and being like, uh, can we not actually have early voting the weekend before or like right after Thanksgiving, have it start then? That would be bad. And then the judge was like, no, sorry, that that doesn't make any legal sense. So the early voting you know, will commence then. And since then, we're just seeing like Republicans slowly start to be like, oh, yeah, maybe 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 this one isn't that winnable. But it's also worth mentioning the whole runoff system in Georgia was put in place, you know, originally to dilute the voting power of black voters in the state, because the idea being that working class black voters in places like Fulton County, they wouldn't necessarily be able to go to vote again on a Tuesday, like since they have their own obligations. And so even despite all of that, you're seeing a lot of this turnout. Who knows where it's, you know, where it could lead. I mean, the polls said that uh, Warnock had a slim lead, but, you know, we'll, we believe things when we see them in this day and age. And while all this is happening, like there, the Republicans are kind of retreating, like barely anyone was campaigning for him and he's hardly done any real campaigning himself. And the email for the election night gathering was described as an election night party when typically a confident campaign would call it a victory celebration. They're like, join us for the victory celebration. They said, 
they might as well have been like, yeah, uh, yeah, we're going to have the game on on Tuesday if you want to stop by. <laughs> <laughs> it was sort of like the energy from that email. So, you know, and while all, and then again, on top of this, we have grifting, like Trump and Senator Mike Lee in Utah and other Republicans are just using this runoff to fill their own coffers. They're sending emails talking about like, help us. It, like Mike Lee sent one that said, quote, Warnock has been drastically outraising uh, Herschel Walker, and we have to pick up the pace. Please rush a generous contribution to help finish the job and pull off a huge win for Herschel. The thing is... Finish the job. Yeah. (laughs) Right, exactly. Take him out back, because this man is... He he doesn't even know what office he's running for half the time. Senator Mike Lee, if you look at the fine print, he was keeping 50% of what was donated for himself. And then Trump was also doing this this dude was keeping 90% of what was donated for himself and the other 10% would go to Herschel Walker. On t- and then uh, even worse, and then when people were like, yo, 90%, he slowly went down to like a 50-50 split after right, getting called out. <laughs> then the, the NRSC, the National Republican Senatorial Campaign, these are the people who are in charge of like these Senate races for the Republican Party. They were keeping 99 cents of every dollar donated. That's... So, it's just like, it's wild to see the levels of just like all kinds, like just how race is playing out in this so many ways. Like the runoff itself is like a relic of like a tool of white supremacy. The Republicans thinking that like black candidates are interchangeable to voters. Wow. Like, okay. The new, like the lack of nuance or it's just the ignorance there. And then like the extraction of capital, like off the back of his campaign to benefit mostly white Republicans. It's like, it has it all folks. This has it all. So we'll see. But I mean, the, the, the Democrats already have their majority either way, but this is this, it's something else to look at. Wow. Ninety nine cents of every dollar. That's that's wild. <laughs> it's the whole I mean, that whole apparatus, like all the all the fundraising that Trump was doing in the aftermath of the last election and like not doing anything with that money, like mm-hmm. just building up his own personal, quote unquote, war chest is. It feels like something people are like, that's crazy. And then we just kind of moved on from. But yeah, it's straight up grifting the people that he's re- relying on to come out and vote. <laughs> but Votes I, well for 2024, I must say. Is the Republican right. Party just going to crash and burn in a pile of grift? Yeah. I, Who I mean, say? it feels like it because like already there's infighting because Marjorie Taylor Greene denounced Nick Fuentes. So now, like, the super far right that even had her back is now like, oh, she's a chump. Like, right. you know, like getting <laughs> mad at her, you're like, yo, you can't make this all, this whole group of people happy. Like, you, yeah. like it's just, it's it's going to be interesting. I mean, I think that's why it's interesting to also see DeSantis's whole, like, strategy in 2024, which his whole thing is, like, he's trying to say as little as possible and trying to let Trump do as much damage to himself before they start, like, trading shots. And that's really the one I'm really willing to see if Trump is able to just bully everyone into being like, okay, fine, you're the fucking nominee. Like, you know, or if they're going to try and and find a different strategy. But I don't know. The the one thing with the the Republicans is they're not very elastic. No. Well, they are when it comes to white supremacy and letting, you know, far right white supremacists and Nazis into the party. They will stretch the shit out of (laughs) The, the tent in that direction. <laughs> they can bend that way. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. Yeah. Yes. But that's one thing they can do. That's one thing they do well that the, the Democrats don't do is they can make people in their party fall into line around yeah, right. the points. And the Democrats 
we're allergic to that. The Democrats, yeah. I feel like, aren't aligned with what the people who end up voting for them actually want. Whereas the Republicans, they're like, yeah, 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 we just don't say that shit out loud. But we actually want the thing that you are voting for and that like you you want. Like ultimately, they're aligned with their base and the Democrats are have to like remain. I don't know if it's even have to or want to, but they're ultimately beholden to you know, corporations. And so you can't even really <laughs> compare the two parties because the Democrats are like a corporate machine that is just doing the bidding of like unseen, unspeaking, like ultimately the most powerful people in the party. And they have this base that they have to like pretend like they're doing the bidding of, whereas the Republicans, I think, have the the advantage of at least they the courage of their convictions, which are you know being being white supremacists exploiting like white grievance politics yeah yeah because yeah. that is like a thing they're like yo look we all get it right we're mad about right. this okay we can yeah. move forward where yeah it's, it's hard for democrats to be like we get it working people need support and we need to stand by the unions in order to fight their employers for a better wage and cut to that rail work the rail yeah, workers yeah. Fucking <laughs> unless they threaten <laughs> the line go up you yeah know? That yeah. ultimately they care about the line go up. I, I wonder if like eventually they're like, look, y'all, we'll try and get you health care. If you can figure out a way for y'all to have health care and make line go up. <laughs> right. If yeah. you can do that, then sure. Like we're all ears. But everything y'all are talking about means line goes down for people we fuck with. And that's, <laughs> you know, it just can't yeah. happen, baby. <laughs> all right. Well, speaking of systemic problems. Yeah. One of kind of continue talking to you, Cerise, about just, you know, you've been reporting for years now of just this systemic problem of unaccountable police violence in Los Angeles. And the similarity of the stories is shocking. Like each one is this cataclysmic failure of human rights and of just, you know, any sort of anything that anyone would think of as a civilized family. Like, it's just, but over and over again, you know, the police or the sheriffs shoot or maim someone many times in front of their family. The person in question is often, you know, having a mental health crisis or doing some nonviolent offense like dealing marijuana. There's also, you know, an epidemic that you highlight of like brutal beating of people in prison, like to death or near death while, while handcuffed. And if the person isn't immediately killed, they often leave them to die with no medical attention, oftentimes, again, in front of their loved ones. And then the officers make up a lie, not like many times, not even really attempting to make it believable. Like they'll plant a gun that doesn't even match their or not even report. Yeah. They, or they won't. It'll there be was a, quote, a gun. ghost gun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But they'll be like, yeah, it was a black gun. And then the gun they plant is a chrome gun. And they're just like, oh, yeah, you got us. Because the lie, they don't even have to, like, do a meticulous job of lying because when they get caught, they just get sued for millions of dollars that comes from taxpayers. Like, taxpayers pay for their fuck-ups. And then, you know, it's not, not only is it not addressed at a systemic level, the officers in question are either, like, left to continue doing the same job and, like, oftentimes kill other people 
were made to retire and collect like huge pensions again, paid for by taxpayers. And it's just, I don't know, it, it's really startling to, you know, read it in your original piece and hear it, you know, in your reporting in the podcast, just like laid out side by side that like there's just nothing being done over and over and over again. And yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, like we, we're, we're also seeing like, how, how do you think you, you've, you're, you've done so much amazing, like detailed reporting about Los Angeles. Do you hear from people in other parts of the country saying that they, they see similar things happening where they are? Oh, yes. Overwhelmingly so. I've heard from people, and I want to say 20 different states that have either been victims of what they believe to be police gang violence, or even I've heard from police officers that reach out to me and say, I am really concerned about what I think is a gang within my department. Right. Yeah. Is it like just operating pretty much in like the exact same way? Like yes. they have, they have like, like there's semiotics, there's symbolism, they have tattoos or whatever names. It's not just sort of like, oh, that station is kind of out of control. Like they have a like identity as well. They do. Yeah, they're they're doing activities that meet well what we have in the California Penal Code as the standard of a gang, which is three or more people. They have a common name or unifying symbol or hand gesture. They are committing criminal offenses. And they are doing that in order to further the reputation of the gang. Yeah. Do you, you think it's like, I feel like it's just like any social setting, like the, that people get in groups or whatever. And in this case, when you have people who are armed and can just kill with impunity, like that, like that almost that this gang thing is probably, it's safe to believe that it more than not, it's probably existing in someone's city. I would say so. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely corruption happening mm -hmm. in your city. That's right. not unique to the right. Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department. The, you know, the tactics that are used by the LASD, I've seen repeated across the country. And there are lots of, you know, stories by other journalists that break down these tactics that completely mirror what we're seeing in Los Angeles. What we're what what's happening in the LA County Sheriff's Department with deputy gangs, it's probably the most well-known gang issue, but it certainly isn't the only one. Yeah. It really they the just lack of accountability and the like they they feel like drunk on on power. Uh, sometimes they're just drunk, but just doing whatever the fuck they want. It, it like it's it feels like a fraternity or you know like at like some Ivy League school full of like rich kids who've just never seen a consequence in their life because they there's just this institutional knowledge that they can get away with fucking anything they want and the the only thing that they seem motivated by is not keeping anyone safe but insisting on their own right to basically kill people at will like that seems the thing that seems to really motivate them is when that is threatened when that's questioned they really seem to get that that's when they like come together and do a lot of damage is is anytime they feel like somebody's going to criticize them or make it so that systemic advantage is not there for them right exactly there's a quote, I think, in the Jump Out Boys episode where they 
Their like booklet, their little like gang book defines them as alpha dogs who think and act like the wolf but never become the wolf, which I don't know if it's like an overt reference or if it's just heavily influenced by the teachings of David Grossman, who we've talked about on this show. Right. But he's this former army ranger who goes around like teaching cops to think about the places they police as enemy territory. And that's like warrior mentality, right? Yeah. Warrior like mentality. Policing. His his uh, quote unquote science is called killology. And he's basically. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's he calls himself America's top police trainer. And that sounds like he's like bragging, but he teaches, you know, countless police forces to basically kill at a moment's notice and not feel guilty about it. And it's it's just straight up like, I mean, his, his background's military and he's, you know, giving police forces this marine training, this, you know, like just systemizing of like killing and violence and like that it's a it's a nationwide kind of program that he's gotten rich by just like putting out there and the thing he always talks about is like you gotta have the wolf mentality and like because there's wolves and we're sheepdogs but we have to be able to think it gets very complicated and like you need a fucking flow chart to like know who's the sheepdog and who's the wolf and when you're acting like a wolf but you're a sheep in wolf's clothing and all this shit but ultimately his belief like for instance with the black lives matter protests his stated belief is that they need to be more prepared to use force because of the black lives matter protests because you know, he he was a big spreader of the lie that like the Black Lives Matter protesters were trying to kill cops, which, you know, comes up in your show that like that's just a thing that they really want to fucking believe and have no no support for that. Like the, when people are protesting them, that they're actually trying to harm them. Yeah. What, what's the mentality like, Cerise? Like because we've seen clips where, you know, like people interview cops like John Bernthal on his podcast. He asked like this other cop. He's like, where do you think all this police reform stuff's coming from, man? Like, where, where do you think those, what's that is a dead that? on impersonation? That's literally what he literally fucking said exactly in this thing. We're like, yo, what, sir? How like, you know, like with the added scrutiny with like, like reporting like yours and things like that. Is there even awareness within the departments like that? They're like, hey, maybe we need to tone it down. Or are they completely like on some like self-righteous shit where they're like, no, no, no. Like these people are tripping. These people are tripping. Most most police officers that I speak to are very in favor of reform, of oversight. A few of them even say that they need less money in the department. That's another sentiment I hear a lot. Jeez. They won't use the words defund the police, but they will say we do not need a budget. <laughs> we don't need free. more money. <laughs> they, yeah, I mean, they say we don't need more. We do not need more money. And we certainly don't need all the money that we're getting. And yeah, yeah I. And that and that's police officers that I speak to across the political spectrum, Democrats, Republicans, they all for the most part agree that, yeah, there is a huge issue going on. We do need more accountability. We need more oversight that is not coming from inside the sheriff's department. It needs to be an outside third party. And yes, we could do with less money and we should do with less money. Yeah. It's almost unbelievable. <laughs> it is. Some of them like even say we should get rid of the department. And that's coming from both sides of the political spectrum as well. Is that yeah. because they're saying, like, I'm not sure what good we're doing anymore? Or Exactly. Like 
Oh, so they think they think that they're doing more harm than good. And they think that the department is so far gone that it can't be right. saved. Yeah, it seems like a lot of the police that you interview are former police officers. Right. They have this experience up close with like detailed, you know, just seeing the corruption, encountering like what happens when someone tries to address the corruption. And, and yeah, that like it's understandable that they're like, I, I don't know, this is. This is hopeless. Yeah. Um, like, with, how do you feel with Robert Luna coming in in terms of, you know, like his potential to, you know, obviously be s- somewhat better than Villanueva? Yeah, the bar is really on the floor there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, I think Robert Luna would have to do a lot of really, truly awful shit to right. get on really anyone's bad side at this point. Yeah, I'm hopeful that, you know, we can see a return to normalcy in the sheriff's department. Um, And I we've already seen that. I mean, I've never I don't think there would be a chance in hell in the prior four years for me to interview Sheriff Alex Villanueva. But I was able to interview now Sheriff Luna, which, you know, Sheriff Villanueva, like, bounced me out of his press conferences. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So that's that's already that's pretty positive. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> He's willing to speak. So yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. I I don't think that, you know, he single-handedly can eliminate the deputy gang issue in four years. I mean, it's it's a 50-year problem and he's one man. And I right. think that he understands that it's a deeply entrenched issue that's going to take, you know, some serious overhaul. And yeah. I'm excited to see, you know, what the Luna administration is going to look like and what it means to have Robert Luna as the sheriff of Los Angeles County. Yeah. there. I mean, Villanueva came to power on like as a quote unquote progressive Democrat. But he like your uh, podcast like really exposed that like he was connected already to like Kevin DeLeon and like some of some of these people who have now been outed as white supremacists. So it's this deeply entrenched, you know, problem. So that was like, I guess, something that was making me feel less hopeful about Luna is like, well, Villanueva came in and was claiming that he was going to reform things and he was like worse and like created more of a problem. And so what's to be different about this guy? And it, it does seem like there's a difference because of your reporting and because of you know, some of the systemic white supremacy that's being exposed just throughout the political machine in Los Angeles. Hopefully. And much more, much more to be exposed, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah right? Oh, of course. Yeah. All right. Let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and talk about some that AI selfie art app that everyone's buying. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. 
Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This episode is brought to you by Alienware. During Dell Tech Fest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop, powered by an Intel Core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select gaming monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at Alienware.com deals, You'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com deals. That's Alienware.com deals. And we're back. And yeah, Lenza AI. You might see this if you use photo and video apps in on your iphone but it is at number one in the ios app store it will basically take you send a bunch of photos of yourself and the app generates avatars of you that look like they were created by a digital artist but were actually created by an ai and i don't know the examples are like i can see (laughs) the appeal (laughs) like they look they, they, they look like Marvel movie, like movie posters or something. Like yeah, the, like concept art for a Marvel film. Yeah. That's a they, perfect description. Yeah. They they put you as the star of your own Marvel film. Complete also with like, they'll, they'll just like, w- women, they give like huge boobs, even if you're just sending them like a they picture of your you face. They make you naked. Yeah. They, they take off all your you clothes naked too? Yeah, and they, give you enormous tits. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so wild. <laughs> Thank you, Lenza. Like we, <laughs> who made oh, this? <laughs> like, oh, this is you. you. Uh, what do you think? <laughs> like, if, if this was a human being that you were sending the shit to, and they, and they like, sent it back. Uh, here, I gave you uh, no shirt and like massive boobs. Uh, I said I just wanted something nice with me and my dog, like on a mountain or like near the ocean or something. Yeah, yeah. Why so am I? I like, heard you wanted mountains on. <laughs> <laughs> I made you a sexy Viking. Is that cool? 
<laughs> yeah, but you know, obviously, anytime there's an app that you're just feeding raw pictures of your face, you, there's concerns about the history of privacy issues involving apps that do that. And then there's also but there's, there's is different though. Well, say, how's that? They say because the second it's done, you like analyzing your face, it deletes, it deletes. all those images. Mm-hmm. Allegedly. 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 <laughs> At least from that particular from space. that server. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wait, Although what we all didn't the, tell you about is the is other the cloud. Server. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. They also uh, say that that so their privacy policy is somewhat eyebrow raising. It states that while they don't use your photos for any reason other than to apply different stylized filters or effects to them, they also state that you grant them certain rights to use your photos. <laughs> right. So right. Like the the ones that come out the other end of the machine are the ones you feed it. Like, are they trying to say, like, whatever is made from here is, like, also, like, our intellectual property? Or I interpreted like, hey, that as what you feed it is now Yeah, theirs. like, that selfie, too? Oh, yeah, I'm sure hard. there's, like, I'm sure they want to use <laughs> some, like, before and after pictures right. to be like, right. look at look at this sad sack that gave us his picture and look how cool we made him look, you know? Like, we're, <laughs> for instance, where are, we, we have two sample images of two different human beings, a woman and a man, like, leading off this article, our writer JM pasted them in. Who are those people and why, like, do, are they just employees or like, we don't know, you know, and they, they're probably using people's pictures to. I thought that was you. <laughs> the one on the left. Oh, the, yeah. <laughs> Wait, the Katy Perry one? Yeah. <laughs> like Make Katie me Perry. look like Katy Perry, please. Yeah. Paint me like one of your pop divas. <laughs> Talking to that AI. Yeah. But yeah, there, there's also the concern that it's just overly sexualized. That one user like submitted photos of her face and got just like a seventies porn van like artistic treatment where she's like her boobs are out and like in bras but like just out in four of the pictures or like two two of the pictures that they provided two of the four and there's also the standard racism like in this case the app struggles with Asian faces. According to people who have tried oh. it, yeah, I it struggled with me. I'm not oh, Asian, it? but it oh, put you me, did it. It put me in yellow face, like straight up, put me in yellow face, and wow. it also, I was really pissed because like the photos that I did get, the photos actually look like a human person. Right, right. they put me in yellow face, which wow. was just wow. offensive. Okay. Right. And most of my photos, like. I thought I was really ugly for like a good five minutes there before I looked in the mirror and remembered who the fuck I was. But it it struggles with like if you're not white. Like yeah, I right. was my features were legit like smudges. I had like cone shaped like potato <laughs> head. <laughs> like you yeah. couldn't process your like non Western European features. Or Truly, something. Like, oh no, it's too bad. This is like an audio podcast because like some of this stuff is like. Really, like I had to save it because I was just like, "Good <laughs> lord!" Like mind blowingly, that's offensive. really, really bad. Like, yo, oh my god, Cerise, what the? <laughs> what fuck? is that? That is that, so brutal. That has not. I mean, it looks like the shape of your face, but that's no. That's like no. It's wild that these white people are getting like all these like they're like wow look at me I'm looking good and this one's like uh this looks like someone like rubbed their hand on an oil painting of you <laughs> right 
<laughs> or oh, like that it. that woman who tried to restore the Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Painting. <laughs> it looks like the woman who restored the Jesus painting. It's right, right, right. Like and you end up looking like a sloth or something. Like, yeah. What the fuck was that? Oh my god! Struggling yeah. with Asian faces. Wow. Well, everybody's. Wait, how did you do? So you have to pay for this app. That's unless my you are a journalist and ask questions. Oh, uh, interesting. In which case, <laughs> I'm a journalist. <laughs> well, I didn't ask the app for questions. Right, right, right. I, uh, well, I was just asking people that had done it before. I was like, hey, like, I'm seeing that, like, you have to pay for it. Like, I really don't want yeah, yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Not interested in that. <laughs> and a friend of mine had signed up. You can either sign up for the free trial or you can sign up and subscribe for 40 bucks. And my friend subscribed for 40 bucks and got unlimited avatars. Wow. So. so like, they Avatar. blessed me with a Jesus fresco. Yeah, of Jesus myself. smudgy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the other concern about the app, besides the fact that it is clearly, you know, channeling some horny guy and also that it is racist, is that <laughs> it is just trying to replace artists. Like at one of the pictures that they created still had a signature on it. Because yeah. they had so thoroughly ripped off like someone's deviant art, I'm assuming. And they so their signature was like still in the corner of of the thing that uh, of the avatar that they created because they you know, that's how much they were using it for the basis of the of the avatar. Yeah. Well, now people are trying to pull, you know, their intellectual property off the Internet so it doesn't end up becoming like, you know, inspiration. Right. Or whatever for these ads. I think it's a fucking slippery slope. Like, jeez. There are so many great artists on, on like Deviant Art and places like that. Just go find one you like and pay them Commission $40 a piece. to like right. create, yeah, yeah. do a painting. Help support you. a human that being. That will be even better. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that you That's... can actually be like, all right, this is actually offensive if it's not good, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. like i paid you 40 dollars <laughs> to not look smudgy please yeah, <laughs> yeah but, but people yeah. are they like they're asking photography agencies to scrub their work from the internet and i think it's completely understandable yeah i don't Oof. know i guess I, this doesn't really like relate to the other ai that like can write about peanut butter sandwiches being lodged in a VCR in the voice of the King James Bible, but <laughs> right. it's still that that is the the death of authorship is something that I think we're facing a little bit. We we already kind of face it. Like if you've ever written a joke and then just seen it completely stolen and you know ha have your name taken off of it, like you understand that like the the memification, the way the internet like just memifies anything that's funny is kind of al already doing this, but this just completely this it creates a machine that is just a a machine for taking artists and individual vision out of the artistic process. Yeah, mm. we so. shall see. I mean, it's always interesting to see because like there that always felt like there are all these like. Like, you know, think pieces written like 20 years ago about like the future of automation or AI. And they're like, you know, if you're in the creative fields or like like a, using your intellect, like journalism or something like th that may help stave off your obsolescence. 
you know, like once <laughs> right. the computers like become, you know, uh, very, very smart. But you're already beginning to see like even that one chat GPT thing, it it definitely knows what a the shape of an answer looks like. Yeah. You know, sometimes the actual information isn't right, but it sounds right. And that's what's like really interesting to when you see these, you know, AIs begin to really refine those kinds of skills. Hey, and at least that one passed the Nazi test. So we'll, we'll see if this uh, Lenzo one does. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would be surprised if it did. It just gives you Hitler with big boobs or something. Right. Like, yeah, what yeah. the fuck? Cerise, <laughs> uh, as always, such a pleasure having you on the Daily Zeitgeist. Uh, yeah. Where can people find you, follow you, uh, continue to enjoy your work? Yeah. You can find and follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Your Majesty. Little crown throwback there. Ha-ha. <laughs> hey. My last name's also Castle. Um, and yeah. I'm on Twitter for as long as it'll be here at Cerise Castle. Yeah, yeah. Great follow. Everybody should go follow her right now. Is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying? Something that I'm enjoying on social media is actually it's artwork by a young creator of color that is posting their work on the internet. They haven't scrubbed it yet because of Lenza. And this person does anime of Abbott Elementary. It's it's shipper anime of Abbott Elementary featuring wow. Janine Teagues and Ava Coleman. And oh my goodness, it is very spicy. Please go check it out. Shipper <laughs> oh <my laughs> anime. Wow. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, it made Lenza jealous with that one. I'm yeah. Sure. Miles, where can people find you? What's a tweet you've been enjoying? Uh, at Miles of Gray, where they got at symbols you can also find us jack and miles on our other basketball podcast miles and jack got mad, mad boosties. boosties uh where you know we just get to scream about the nba a love of ours and then uh also check me and sophia alexandra out on our other podcast 420 day fiance where we're talking 90 day fiance just watching that whole dumpster fire unfold before our eyes a tweet i like a few people Put this tweet on my radar, but I got a shout out at Wapo House, Christy Yamaguchi, Maine, who DM me said, I think you're going to like this tweet. And it's from Socialist Dog Mom uh, at Socialist Dog Mom uh, was using Pacer uh, just to look up some court records and stumbled upon this said, OK, never mind. It was all worth it just to accidentally stumble across this exchange between a judge and a prosecutor and a federal agent uh, where only the judge knows who Biggie Smalls is. And I'm just going to read you this back and forth from the court's transcript. <laughs> Uh, this is, I think, one of the this is the prosecutor, Miss Coker. Uh, no further questions, Your Honor. The judge. I've got a follow up question about the Biggie Smalls lyric. Uh, Miss Coker. What about the what? I'm sorry. The judge about the Biggie Smalls lyric. I got seven Mac 11s, about eight thirty eights, nine nines. Uh, that's a Biggie Smalls lyric. Are we looking for those firearms? The witness. I don't know. I don't recognize that. <laughs> the judge. This is in the government's Exhibit 8 where it says, I've got seven Mac 11s, about eight thirty eights, nine nines. That's a rap lyric. <laughs> the prosecutor, I'm the judge. The court's independently aware of that. And it's a what? I'm not understanding the word, sir. I apologize. The judge. So if you look on page eight, yes. <laughs> government's Exhibit 8, page one. The prosecutor, yes. The judge. Where he says, I'll need a list of ammo to get. Then he says, I got seven Mac 11s, about eight thirty eights, nine nines. 
I understand the rest. We're about to get 308 12 gauge pigeons. That's a genuine shopping list, but that to me seems like he's just tossing a Biggie Smalls lyric into the chat. The witness, I don't recognize the lyrics is what I'm saying, sir. The court, okay, yeah. Well, that is a Biggie Smalls lyric. The, the prosecutor, I'm, I'm still not understanding the word. I apologize. The judge, Biggie Smalls? Biggie Smalls is a dead rapper, Miss Coker. Oh, the court, it's a lyric from a song by the dead rapper Biggie Smalls. The prosecutor, got it. The judge. There's a lot of other stuff going on here, but <laughs> there's a lot of other stuff going on here. You should be ashamed of yourself. Like, wow. About a 38s, 10 Mac 10s, the shits never ends. Mm. Come on. We all know that one. Not the prosecution. Yeah, <laughs> definitely not. It's like to be so like, huh? Like, I thought that, what? I'm I don't not understand understanding that word. the word. <laughs> Biggie Smalls is a rapper. <laughs> These are the people who are so in touch with everything that are prosecuting for the federal government, folks. A uh, tweet I've been enjoying from Soren Bowie tweeted, My daughter, falling asleep for a rainy day nap, feels my cheek with her tiny hands as I lay beside her. Yuck, she says softly. <laughs> that's just... Kids are mean. Like, a lot, a lot of people give them a lot of breaks for, you know, being cute and all this shit, but they are, they are really mean. Yeah. Just FYI. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, Hello. where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song that we think you might enjoy. Miles, what song do we think people might enjoy? Okay, we're going with some more deep African tracks that I'm finding. This one is from the artist Ata Kak. So A-T-A-K-A-K, a uh, Ghanaian artist who like made this mixtape like in 1994 when like this dude lived in Chicago, like as a student and like made a couple cassettes and then some like music dude found the tape and then like resurrected it. And then this this guy now, like 30 years later, is like has a career because they're like, yo, this shit is really good. And it's like. This whole tape is super DIY, but it's like you clearly you could feel like there's like Chicago house influences in it. But he's like rapping in twee, like a Ghanaian language. And he's but like it's funky as shit. So this is like a really dope cut. It's called Obasima, O-B-A-A-S-I-M-A by Atakak, A-T-A-K-A-K. And it's check it out. It's like super out there. Uh, super retro, super DIY, but like it has so much heart and it's just nice to see like these things where someone just made a tape when they were younger and then people were like, yo, this shit fucking goes. And he's like, okay, I'll tour in my 60s. And you're sure the name is not a reference to Moving Out by Billy Joel where he says a heart attack. <laughs> no. Okay. No, All right. definitely not. Definitely. He's on uh, the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for us this morning. Back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to you all then. Bye. Bye. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 
2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Guys, customer service is essential to your business success. And for faster, smarter customer experience, you can turbocharge your CX results with CX1, the world's most complete customer experience platform from NICE. It's never been easier for organizations of all sizes around the globe to create extraordinary customer experiences. With the scalability and flexibility of the cloud, you can power up your business goals like never before. So don't get left behind Find out more today at nice.com. That's nice.com.